Someone praying. Open my eyes. Grant me the grace to see. Let the weight of your glory cover us. Let the life of your Let the truth of your kingdom reign in us. Let the weight of your glory. Let the weight of your glory fall. Let the weight of your glory. Let the light of your river flow. Let the truth of your kingdom reign in us. Let the weight of your glory. Let the weight. I'm under the shadow of your wings. Your influence is all over me. I am under the shadow of your wings. Your influence is all over me. of your presence we have come as desperate people searching for understanding we pray in the name of Jesus that you will breathe upon our hearts tonight grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ amen please be seated please be seated God bless you we'll have a very brief session this is a session for ministers and I'm honored to be bringing God's word um, it's important that um, we sustain 
and understanding sorry to sustain an understanding of what the Holy Spirit is doing I have I think I've taught it here but let me start tonight by explaining that that there are three levels of the anointing there is the first level that comes upon a man by reason of your being grafted into Christ the Bible says he that is joined to Christ is one spirit so when we come through the door of salvation there is a measure of the investment of God's grace and power that is upon our lives then the second level is the level that comes in honor to the office that you occupy this is not necessarily a product of your personal spiritual life it is in honor the office you have been given to serve the purposes of the kingdom there is an engracing that comes praise the lord then there is the third level of the anointing it is the anointing that doesn't just come because you are born again it doesn't just come because you are occupying a relevant office in the spirit it comes in honor to the sacrifice of alignment to understand what God is doing per season per time that is the anointing that seems to make certain people so relevant please listen carefully in certain seasons you would have noticed that it looks like there is a circle of relevance and then you find out that at a particular season it looks like there are certain individuals that just stand out as far as their contribution to the body of christ is concerned then other seasons you find out that it looks like those people who were once relevant they don't seem to be carrying that degree of fire and relevance and you find out that newer people come but it looks like there are a few people for as long as they are alive it looks like there is nothing god does without them no matter what season no matter the age people rise and go down moves of god come and go and it looks like these people have found a secret with god that keeps them ever fresh the anointing is solidly behind them it is because these people have moved past the realm of just being born again they have even moved past the realm of being men and women of god they have become seekers of his presence they want to know what god is doing per time and to say lord if per adventure you ever need a man to be relevant in your program i am available i'm not interested in just being a man of god i'm not even just interested in being born again and a christian i want to be a true seeker of your presence this kind of people will receive an anointing that is beyond just that which they get from the salvation experience beyond that which they get as a result of their office it is a grace that keeps them both relevant and very useful 
I'd like you to pray and say, Father, what you are seeking to drop on men in this end time, let it not pass me. Let it not be that I was relevant in your program yesterday. In the name of Jesus, let it be, let it be by the Spirit of God. Shalanda braskete bahashada brandosia tabaratuskia. Zeparus Someone is praying. Let it not be that I was once used by God. Let it not be that I was once anointed. Let it not be that I was once useful as far as the program of God is concerned. Set my life on fire for you. For you, oh Lord, would you put my life in order for you? Are you praying for you? I want to know you. I want to know your way. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I had a vision and I'm very careful when I'm speaking to the body of Christ on experiences. I'm not one person who just comes up and says, I saw this God said that. But I had a vision and I'm glad that I shared a bit of it with um, Pastor earlier on. In that vision, I saw a denomination in this nation that has been neglected for many years. I saw light returning to a house. And I saw the name of the denomination. I will not mention it for the sake of honor. And I saw the light of God returning back. There was a covenant God had with the fathers of that denomination. And God is returning with his power to honor that covenant. This is a vision that I saw. I was amazed because it's not a usual denomination that people would want to. But when I saw this, I said, my God, this God eh, is truly a covenant keeping God. So let it not surprise you when you begin to see strange people rise from unusual denominations. Carrying the spirit and the power of God in unusual ways. The move of God in the end times will require flexibility. You are going to have to open up your heart to discern. Are we together now? I just thought that I needed to share this. It was amazing. I saw the light. It came into that house and I saw the name of the denomination. And I understood that the spirit of God was coming again to visit people. God is still searching for men. Please do not allow what God is doing with our lives, the little here and there, to get us proud to think he has stopped looking for men. God is still looking for men. He is moving from city to city, family to family. Thank God for the little that we are doing. But there is much to be done. And I'm telling you, God is still seeking men. He will come to them in dreams. He will come to them in visions. He will visit them from the womb of their mothers. There are still mighty people that God is raising. And so we, the, the, 
up front let's kill the spirit of complacency the arrival mentality that bedevils people and makes them to not last there must be a perpetual hunger as though you are just starting are we blessed yes, sir. in one minute i'd like us to pray over this vision that i saw i just felt it in my spirit to share it i may not mention the name of the denomination but we are going to say lord come let revival come that which you intend to do in this nation please hear me there will be strange visitations it will no longer be stories our fathers told us this one happened that one happened these were mighty men and women of god god is revisiting our nation revisiting the continent of africa once again out of the ashes of all that is happening within this nation is a birthing of something superior and powerful are there leaders who pray please lift your voice and let us pray let it be from the depth of our hearts Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'll begin my teaching now. When God made man, the Bible tells us that the voice of God would come in the cool of the day to visit man and to play the role of oversight over everything God had given man. And then the Bible says, one time when Adam and Eve, they had, you know, eaten of the forbidden fruit and all of that, the Bible says, and he heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the day. And he asks a question that by God's grace we will answer. He says, Adam, where are you? Adam, where there is a position of relevance that I kept you in the garden. But from my standpoint, I no longer see you there. Adam, where are you? Where are you in the position of things? I appointed you and made you head over all things. Paul was speaking to the church in Hebrews. That he made all things above man. I mean, man above all things. And in doing so, he did not leave anything that was not under his feet. And now he's saying, Adam, where art thou? And Adam answered a question that in the name of Jesus, God would, he, he answered, he said, I heard your voice, but I hid. And the reason why I hid is because nakedness has come to me something has happened your glory has departed from my life and it has produced nakedness i know that i am vulnerable outside of that glory and so i have reason to hide adam where art thou where are you in the move of things that prophecy was upon your life that in the end time move of the spirit you will be relevant and you will be part of it and God is saying, I see the prophet in this city. I see the apostle, but from the realm of the spirit, your seat is empty. Where are you? Pastor, where are thou? Prophet, 
where are thou the end time move of god please listen i know that we have heard people say it again and again that there is coming a move of god a move of the spirit and sometimes these things just sound like pentecostal and charismatic cliches by zealous people who love god but there is a real move of god our fathers died seeing that move in visions they never saw it manifest in their lifetime but they left us a prophecy that surely God is coming again Maranatha come Lord Jesus visit your people in a mighty way again and God is beginning to prepare us you see we must learn to read the handwritings on the wall learn to interpret occurrences on earth and occurrences in life from the standpoint of God's program and with the intelligence of the spirit if our scope of interpretation just becomes scientific or sociological we will not be able to capture the details of the dealings of God per season are we together now from the pandemic to the economy of nations to what is happening all around the body of Christ and the government of nations these shakings are writings on the wall and it will take people who have the eyes to see to be able to read the writings on the wall and understand that this is what God is saying and also to hear the sound of the Spirit the Bible says he that hath an ear let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches so there is coming a move of God and I am telling you God has begun to handpick people please hear me I'm speaking to you prophetically you will think that just because God used you yesterday he will use you tomorrow that is a big mistake God is searching and picking there is a formation of a very invincible army that God is raising it's not just a song the Spirit of God is hovering around churches, families, denominations, hovering around nations, hovering around villages, hovering around places, and searching for a type of people. I want us to deal with this. It's not just searching for Christians. There are many Christians on earth, well-meaning, born-again Christians. But it, is, it will take more than just being a Christian to be part of the program of God my assignment tonight within the few minutes that we have is to help open our eyes to the demands that can posture us to be mightily used by God in our churches in our ministry whatever ministerial context where we are involved in and it is very very important it is dangerous for you to fade in your lifetime to know you are still alive and yet God is not doing anything with you again the illusion that God owes us his presence and he owes to use us regardless of our participation is not a correct doctrine. Even your salvation did not come to you by force. There was a participatory role and every once and again God will make a demand. Are you still interested? I am moving. You don't just say yes by verbalizing it. Your hunger, your desperation, your, your prioritization, your intention is what qualifies you as you jump from one move of God to another. Please someone pray where you are. Lord, I am still relevant. Don't replace me. 
I am still relevant in the ministry of psalmistry, in the prophetic ministry, in the apostolic ministry. In the name of Jesus, someone is praying. Those following from every nation, pray. Lift your voice. Lord, I'm still interested in being part of your program. It is within your power to replace me. But let your mercy speak over my life, speak over my church. We're praying in the name of Jesus. It is within your power to raise greater worshipers in this season. But Lord, let my voice contribute to kingdom come. Let the sounds of the spirit not elude me, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, someone is praying. Lord, you are searching for prophets. You are raising people from the donkey and from the ashes. Do not pass my family. Do not pass my church. I verbalize my interest. I verbalize my passion. You're still searching for men and women that you will trust with the wealth of the kingdom. You're still searching for men and women that will be relevant within the context of your program. Find me, oh God. Pray for your children. Find my son, oh God. Find my daughter, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Give me a few minutes. Please look up. I'm going to break this teaching into three. That the end time move of God will require an understanding of number one, the vessel. Number two, the mandate. Number three, the strategy. The end time move of God will require an understanding of the kind of man God is looking for. God loves everybody and he desires that all men be saved. But as far as being used by God is concerned, brothers and sisters, please hear me. There are real requirements. Not everything in the kingdom is a gift. There are things that would demand obedience. There are things that would demand sacrifice. The vessel, the mandate, and the strategy. Knowing the kind of man God is seeking. Listen, when there is a recruitment, for many of you who are involved in recruitment or you've recruited people in your companies, they would state very clearly that we are looking for certain kinds of people. Is that true? five years experience in this and that it will be an added advantage they will say if you are multi bilingual they will tell you it will be an added advantage if you have this and that so they state all of that there are people who come to look at it and pass they know this does not concern me it's none of my business but there are others the moment they see it is as if they just called you and you go and apply and when the people test your proficiency some of them are so impressed they can bring you in and not even allow you go out again. That is the same way it happens in the realm of the spirit. Who shall we send and who shall go for us? 
from chapter 1 to chapter 5 Isaiah was already a prophet he was prophesying already but the Bible says in chapter 6 and verse 1 in the year that King Uzziah died I Isaiah although a prophet a true one and a major prophet I saw the Lord and he said I saw him sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple give us verse 2 he says above it stood seraphims with six wings and they covered their face and their feet verse 3 when Isaiah saw this they cried to one another holy holy is the Lord of hosts the whole earth is full of your glory for it says and the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with that Shekinah he called it smoke but we know that it is not earthly fire that produces that kind of smoke it is the fragrance that comes when people encounter the God of heaven verse 5 it says then I said notice God didn't tell him you are unclean no he said to himself this is not condemnation this is not condemnation this is transformation woe is me for I am undone I am a man of unclean lips. If someone had walked to Isaiah and said, Isaiah, you are a man of unclean lips. You think Isaiah would say, I agree? No, sir. There is a dimension of the glory of God you encounter that swallows all your achievements and the applauds of men. They, they don't have to tell you, you are great, you are a man of God. You would thank them with one hand. But with the other hand, you are saying, Lord, show me what else. The demands for higher levels of your glory. I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell amidst the people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Verse 6, I'm going somewhere. Listen. Then flew one of the seraphims, having a live coal, and had taken it with the tongues from the altar. Can you imagine? God would have said, oh, you are so humble. That's, that's too much humility. They took the coal because what he was saying was true. He took the live coal, laid it on his mouth and said, this had touched thy lips and thy iniquity is taken from you and thy sin purged. Verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Isaiah was still doing ministry whereas in the realm of the spirit there was still a vacancy. Who shall we send? Churches have been built but God is saying who shall we send? Conferences are still going on. I hope you know I'm speaking respectfully. That there are ministerial activities happening on earth. Worship, conferences, Apostle Joshua Selman moving around and preaching. Whereas heaven is still saying, who shall we send? There is still a kind of man we are looking for. God is saying, I have found preachers. I have found men of God. I have found orators. I have found good speakers. I have found wonderful administrators. I found learned people who went to school. But who shall we send? It's, it's a consultation that is going on in the realm of the spirit. What is the quality that God is looking for? Isaiah was a prophet. You know what it takes to be a prophet? And yet the prophet is prophesying. Not a fake prophecy. And in heaven there is still a call. It is amazing. 
I pray for you and I pray for myself too as I pray for you. Let it never be that while we are doing what we are doing on earth, heaven is still saying, who will take this bishopric? It says, his bishopric, let another take. Take seriously what you are hearing tonight. Every time the sword of the spirit is released over nations, it's for the rising and the falling of many. God does not destroy, but God is too serious about his agenda to allow the intentional, continual carelessness of any vessel to interrupt his program indefinitely. God loves you, but if you become a consistent interruption, he will be forced to find people because while you are wasting the anointing and wasting the time in pride, someone is in the secret place saying, Lord, I am available. And that contrast will not last for too long. The Spirit of God will come and pick that person and do mighty things with that person. If you are with me, please say amen. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And then Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. You are tempted to ask who sent him from chapter 1 to chapter 5. The man who was sent in chapter 1 to 5 is not the one who is sent here in chapter 6. This is a new man. Send me. Send me with a new anointing. Not, not, not 2019 grace. Not 2018 sermon. Between that year and now, something happened to me. I've met the Lord. Something has touched my tongue. Something has touched my life. Ah. You will never be the same. You've touched His grace. Your life must change. You will never be the same. I've touched your grace. My life There is a kind of man that God is searching for. Let me tell you, God is not looking for a musician. God is not looking for a pastor. God is not looking for an apostle. God is not looking for a prophet. God is not looking for just a good administrator. There is a type of man. And the spirit of God will not rest until he finds such a people. And my assignment is to help us by the Spirit to become such people. To assume that posture that makes it impossible. The same way Ahasuerus could not resist Esther because there was a preparation. There was a kind of preparation that Esther went through for one year. When she stood before Ahasuerus, he knew that this was the kind of person. And she became his bride and saved the people of God. Your relevance is not only dependent on the love of God for you. It is dependent on your sacrifice of becoming that vessel. The process, the painstaking process of transformation that turns you into the version of you that God is looking for. Psalm 139. And verse 23 wherever we stop tonight we pray 
Search me, O God. This is David. And know my heart. It says, try me and know my thoughts. 24. And see with your all-seeing eye if there be any wicked way in me then lead me to the way everlasting. This is a man who is standing before God with sincerity. He's standing before God with truthfulness. And he's saying, Lord, I'm not ashamed of what you will find in my heart. Search my heart. He says, try my thoughts. Probe it. If you find any wicked way in me, redeem me, lead me to the way everlasting. Remember what we are dealing with now, the vessel. It's amazing that many people believe that the kinds of vessels that God will use are just people who are educated or just people who are beautiful or handsome or wealthy or even people who come from the lineage of preachers. I hate to be a bearer of bad news, but the Bible is full of the strange way God chooses men. When it was time for God to choose the 12 disciples who would later become apostles of the Lamb, there were scribes, there were Pharisees, there were all kinds of people. He fasted all night and looked the kind of disaster he chose to be his disciples. Met a man fishing and he said, leave your fish, you come and follow me. Met all kinds of people. Nathaniel laughed at him. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And yet he looks at Nathaniel and says, An Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guile. So what is God really looking for? Are we blessed? Psalm 51 verse 17. The sacrifices, read together please. The sacrifices of God are what? Not an offering. Not a fat offering. As important as that is. The sacrifice of God is not even your singing. It's not your talent. Uh -uh. The sacrifice of God is not your certificate. It says a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart. Oh God. There is something in you that cannot despise brokenness. Please listen. It is within your nature to respond to broken people. You know what brokenness is? A state of openness and contriteness where you bring yourself to a point where you say, God, without you, I am nothing. Don't mind the applause of people and every thank God for what they are doing. But that you get to a point where you say, Lord, the definition of death is my life without you. The definition of relevance is my life with you. No matter what else lives my life, if you are there, I have everything. And God says, is this what you are saying? In spite of your certificate, yes, sir. In spite of your fame, yes, sir. The Bible says a broken spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, men and women of God, watching world over this is what God has been searching for from generation to generation do not think this requirement is that easy if it were that easy many people would be in the program of God one of the hardest things for a believer to do is to be broken 
brokenness will sting your ego brokenness will kill everything that is life in you until you are left with nothing a broken spirit a broken and a contrite heart so he finds a stammerer called Moses and in spite of the fact that there were many other people he was still willing to make do with Moses and the Bible calls him the meekest man there was something he found in Moses then when he found Joshua he began to admonish him there was something he saw in Esther Hadassah that even though she was a village girl when he found this he said I will ensure you get to the throne it is brokenness that gets the job done please listen to me much more than your talent much more than your preaching much more than organization of ministry I believe that and I respect it but nothing not even prayer and fasting not even Bible study will replace the place of genuine brokenness let me show you what brokenness looks like this is brokenness oh God if you do not lift me I cannot be lifted if you are not my song I cannot sing if you are not my crown I cannot wear anything and while men are clapping for you please take what I'm saying seriously great man great woman your knees do you know the higher you rise the farther your knees are from the ground you have to find a way of keeping these knees on the ground to say Lord they call me their man of God but I am still your boy I am still that young shepherd that you carried in the wilderness I will not allow the beauty of the palace to deceive me I will not allow the excellency of the aloes of kings to make me forget the scars that came from the wilderness and while you are saying that heaven is looking at a man who has qualified for the next move of God you may not be able to speak all the English you can you may not even have all the influence and while men are saying you don't fit this position this lady is not I wish she was a better singer God says that is your business I have found what I have found young lady let's go to the next level of the move of God and you that's why you wonder why certain people don't fit certain qualifications based on the parameters created by men but it looks like God cannot do without them while we are there with our pride like Eliab believing it's impossible for God to have a move without me and God tells you that he takes the foolish things This is how some of us came on board. We didn't come on board by the wisdom of men. We didn't come on board by the connections of people. We didn't have any default system of advantage. But we took our frail and fragile hearts and said, Your Majesty, if you will ever find any relevance, let us present our heart and our lives to you as a trophy. If there is any way you can use this vessel to bring glory to your name, and he says you are doing this for me let's go when God holds you woe betides the man who stands on the journey when God is the one holding you are we blessed the kind of vessel God is looking for in this time I'm saying this respectfully preachers hear me 
I love the body of Christ and I speak apostolically but we need to be careful because we are gradually deviating from the things that are major to the things that are minor I believe in excellence I believe in quality administration I believe in training yourself intellectually but please in all your doing do not forget that those things only find their relevance and their credence when there is a track record of genuine brokenness it's one thing to speak but it's another thing for his majesty to take your voice and cause the nations to hear it there are no gimmicks with God if it is not genuine hunger and passion are we together now you can get to a point in your life where the only reason why you study is because of your ego because you have preaching to do you have a preaching engagement and so you have to quickly study but the passion is not there and while all that nonsense is happening on earth God is watching and do you know the deception with ministry is that while that is happening the sound of the applause of men I'm not saying their applause are not good but they can be so deceptive my God, what a powerful message. You brought this rema and you know, you know that what was happening on that stage was purely the mercy of God. And most times we enjoy that attention. We enjoy that stage light. We enjoy that sense of fame. And we are even ashamed to say, Lord, we give you the glory. We just say it religiously. But the truth is we want to savor the moment. And heaven is watching. The thing with God is he can suffer long. He just keeps watching. And then we begin to mentor people after our pride and deception. And we begin to raise people in ministry who are ashamed to give glory to God. They start following us in the name of mentorship. And we, when God sees that you are, your misleading is becoming generational, you are calling the attention of heaven. He has to come and say, no, no, no. I love you too much. And I love my program too much to allow you be the basis for the fearing of, of many and God will honor you for what you have done so far but you will find out that he begins to raise other people as a continuation one more time pray and say Lord what is it that can stop me from being relevant in your program someone is crying to the God of heaven what is it oh God lift your voice and pray Cry to your maker. Cry to your maker. The lover of your soul. The helper of men. The vessel. The vessel. Grant me a heart condition that is ever broken. Ever contrite. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you for the honor that comes with ministry. But Lord, I know that you are searching for a kind of man. Not just one who will give you glory. One who is genuinely broken. Your heart must change. Your heart must change. Your heart must change. Your heart must change. My heart must change. My heart must change. My heart must change. 
Alleluia. By the grace of God and with all humility, I'm a student of revival. I have studied the moves of God in this country, in Africa, and as far as I can find. In a bid to piece together, I have read many books about revivals and the moves of God. And I thank God for the privilege to have met a few people who have been part of the program of God. And I've had the rare opportunity to sit down one-on-one -on -one with them to buy into their minds what business did you do with God that gave you that access I can tell you this many of them will answer in different ways but the underlying factor is that there was something about brokenness you know one time I heard a lot of preachers talk about William Branham great general of God and what made me concerned was the extent to which people were castigating the man Oh, he left God towards the end of his life. He got into heresy. And I said, come on, be, 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 is that all you saw about the man? And that, that drew me to study the man. And I was watching one of his videos. And I could see and discern the level of purity in this man's heart. And I said, over 99% of the people who are talking to this man do not come close to the level of hunger and sacrifice that this man has towards God. You know, I was listening with all my heart. I didn't used to prophesy so much. Of course, I could have word of knowledge and all of that. But it, that, that grace was not really, really at work in my life. And while I was watching him, I said, but this man, look at the kind of dishonor that people have had. To this. He may have had his issues, but until you carry what is on him, that's when you will know the burden it takes to carry that kind of generational grace. Do you know while I was watching, tears started coming out of my eyes and then suddenly it was like something left the screen and a cold substance just rested upon my head and started going down over a period of about 30 minutes like a cold sensation in my body of course I knew it was the Holy Ghost doing something and I said what is happening to me and at the end of that time the next meeting I went to I was surprised the way the prophetic opened for me I said this is it that grace has been searching for people do you know there are mantles moving from city to city searching searching for people it will come to a church and pride will drive it it will come to a family and lust will drive it it will come to a place and tradition and religion will drive it who shall i send and who shall go for us household of david and the body of christ listening it's time for us to reduce activities and go back to seeking his presence genuinely until we find what is worth our coming out. You don't come out because you want to come out. You come out because you have met him. Genuinely. Genuinely. When Isaiah met him, he said, here I am. Send me. And he said, when I sent you, lackest thou anything. Not when you went. Hallelujah. Do not get into the illusion that just because there are many activities, there is progress. No. You must contend for spiritual efficiency. That every time you come out, there will be a deposit of the Spirit in and through your life that can last for generations. 
and I believe that this is what God is doing in this church I shared with your pastor already by the Spirit I believe with all my heart that there is a prophetic contribution that household of David has to bring to the body of Christ in this city and around I say this is not because I'm standing on the stage I have told him privately hear me pastor hear me man of God overseer the Spirit of God will continue to move through parishes and cathedrals through churches and places of worship he's not just searching for Christians when he comes he's looking for that heart can he find that as a result of this conference can you go back home and say Spirit of God I'm available I may not have been that available yesterday notice the question is not whether you are a ministry or not ministry can become an idol that drives the presence of God from your life is God speaking to us presence of God you can fake power but you cannot fake the reality of his presence no there is a signature that he signs by himself when you truly encounter him and he will deposit something upon your life that you can take to the nations and they will be blessed we must get tired of preaching and once we are done people in five minutes after our preaching people cannot remember what we said again because there was no presence that presence factor is not there we raise worship songs powerful worship songs and the moment people are done singing they just say wow you are, you are, you are a very powerful artist that, that is not a compliment that we get to a point where you are so in sync with God someone is sitting in the congregation with cancer and you lift up your voice one shout of hallelujah from your secret place to his body ejecting everything that does not look like the counsel of God that you preach a message and for two years that message has not left the person it may even be a scripture have you had times when a line of a message or a point has stuck to your heart for weeks have you had times when you read only one verse that's your devotional for many days I've made up my mind that for as long as I have the privilege of life whatever it would take whatever it would take to see to it that my life becomes an incense of worship a contribution for me I've come to a point like the apostle will say where to live is Christ and to die is gain nobody runs away from gain that the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we need to go back and begin to edit the purity of our motivations. What is motivating the conferences? What is motivating the meetings? What is motivating? I want to start a church. I agree. What is motivating it? All my colleagues are in ministry and I don't think I should, at my age, I should not be like this without a church someone advised me to start a platform that is a sincere advice from a well-meaning friend but you're on your way to a thorough destruction who shall we send 
the first question is not send me is here am I that here am I is a long process when it's done with you he now sends you notice the woman with the alabaster box remember the story the Bible said she had a box of spikenard a year's worth of wages she brought it before the feet of the master she didn't pour some she broke everything that alabaster box was a symbol of her worth it was a symbol of her pain it was a symbol of her honor it was a symbol of her glory and she knelt before his feet and said if it is to break everything that represents my relevance let me tell you why our fathers saw what we are not seeing they were willing to give up what we are not willing to give up we are too conscious of my money my car my reputation my ministry some of those people were not even interested in ministry they were strolling around the forest and the power of god rested on them they were not interested in fame today we fight one another he's supposed to call me apostle and he called me joshua selman that becomes a vendetta for many years wasting time and energy that should be spent seeking the presence of god you will never be the same you've touched his grace your life must change you will never be the same you touched his grace your life must change number two if i stop here that's all okay. we spoke about the vessel that is the most important part of ministry the vessel number two the mandate those who will be used to do mighty things in this kingdom must understand the mandates that God has committed are we together now yes when you have a company or a corporation you send people to represent you to the degree to which they understand what you stand for nobody will send someone who is still in confusion as to what the company or the products represent you are not going to send someone to go and speak for you when that person does not even understand can he answer the questions that will arise on account of what the representation are we together now imagine that someone came to sell you say a gadget and he said i represent xyz company then you ask them why should i buy your product because there are other options and he says well look they just sent me they i they sent me to market i need to get my own commission that's not a good marketer the mandate matthew chapter 10 please 7 and 8 matthew 10 7 and 8 please help us matthew 10 7 and 8 we're going to pray let me open it from here okay now this is jesus sending his disciples this is this was like a, a spiritual industrial training preparing them for the apostolic ministry that they would step into shortly and he said as ye go now notice the message comes when you are sent as ye go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is within your reach and to prove that the kingdom of heaven is within your reach verse 8 heal the sick it's not a suggestion 
cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. You have received freely, give freely. This should be the entirety, the body of the message that you take. Number two, very quickly we have to rush. Mark 16 and verse 15. Mark 16 and verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel not to every man, to every creature. That means there is a dimension of the gospel that is useful to plants and animals, to animate and inanimate things. There is a dimension of the gospel. If properly preached, it must affect creation, not just men. Because creation was also created by God. Man is just the zenith of his creation, not the only. The gospel preached to every creature. One last scripture. Matthew 28 from verse 19 and 20. Matthew 28 from verse 19. Go ye therefore. Now notice that the mandate always comes when he says go. If he has not instructed you to go. Do you know just because God said come does not mean he has said go. God can say come I will use you. But he has not released you to go. You can say I've stayed too long. I choose to go. Congratulations just because you came. The empowerment is as you go. Not just as you come. When he met the lepers, they came. But he said, as you go, the miracle begins to happen. When the people with the wine, the feast in Cana, John 2. Remember, he said, fetch of these six pots. And as they went, the miracle always is as you go. So when you come, he makes you. Then he releases you with his power as you go. He says, go therefore and teach. Now notice. All of the other renditions say preach. Now we are seeing another dimension of the gospel. Teach all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Aha. Uh -huh. 20. It says teaching them to observe how many things? Teaching. Use the ministry of teaching to bring them to a point where they pay attention to everything I have commanded you and while you do that remember I am with you and the Lord walking with them confirming the word with signs following not the Lord staying with them walking with them as they move to achieve this mandate please listen to me I say this lovingly and respectfully but many men of God do not understand the mandate of a minister. And this is not supposed to be an insult. Sometimes the error comes based on how we were mentored. The first miracle in your life is to find a man of God over you who loves God. Then number two, a man of God who has sustained the ability to host, whether by personal experience or by the humility of outsourcing the whole counsel of God and he can communicate such to you with balance and intelligence that way you are mentored in a way that makes you holistic and complete the first unbecoming of people is the inability to sit under mentorship structures 
that can train them and allow them to experience the, the versatility, the counsel of God in his wholeness. If you are trained under a pastor, for instance, who does not prioritize, say, soul winning and evangelism, you will mold according to the mentorship. And you will find out that when you have your own church or whatever spiritual structure you oversee, you will find out that no matter how you try in the flesh, something in you will betray you. You will not have that passion for souls because it was not part of your curriculum of training. If you are mentored under a pastor that did not show you the value of transformation, impartation of knowledge by teaching the principles of the kingdom, chances are that you can be a passionate soul winner and find out that people continue. You crowd people at the gate of the kingdom, but you cannot mature them because the instrument apportioned for the maturity of the saints, you were not equipped with it. So he said, I will give you pastors after my heart. This is why we celebrate pastors. When you celebrate your man of God and his wife, you are celebrating the sacrifice to be able to bring you the word of God in season. The labor to bend over backwards and receive the dimensions that was not directly committed to them for your sake. The Bible says they watch over your souls. We live in a generation today that is downplaying men of God downplaying pastors and I agree I know that here and there in the body of Christ as it has always been the body of Christ as the bride of Christ is still growing and I know that there are all kinds of things all around the world but that should not mandate our generation is gradually becoming emboldened towards insulting the graces upon people we do it happily and we do not know that we are incurring all kinds of causes upon ourselves there is still the sacredness of priesthood and it's important that we honor it. Are we together? Anybody can get up today, insult his pastor, insult the woman of God and not care. You can have a minister dance and celebrate God and then you, you and, and the trouble is that it is young people who have not even started anything in life. They've not built anything. They've not raised anybody. We have to be careful. Are we together? It's a pastor's meeting and I say this from the depth of my heart. I love the body of Christ and at least within the, the, the opportunity God has given, we must call ourselves to order and be careful. Anybody insults fathers of faith, insults anybody. I mean, come on, please. When great people are quiet, you should be quiet too. Because there is something they know and there is something they see that you are not seeing. Young ministers, this is, this is a passionate appeal. We must be careful. Let us not allow our zeal of ministry and the pride that comes with one miracle, one prophecy, one revelation to push us to the edge of our defeat through dishonor. Dishonor has always cost people. God is the ruler of his body. Let him be the one to build and lift people. Your assignment is to find the role you have to play and play it with all your heart. I say it again. I say it again. Let us be careful. Let us be careful. The things that we say and do to and against men of God, churches, and let us be careful. Let us be careful. This is the voice of God. 
there are things that we do in life that the consequences by the time you realize you will still have to pay for the consequences the challenge is that many young people are not students of history we have not gone back to studying the body of Christ what happened in the 60s what happened in the 70s we are not the first to do this the Bible says the things that are written aforetime they are for our learning so that we through the comfort of scripture might find hope one time in a Catherine Kuhlman meeting one woman came and she was quarreling her because she was a woman and began to be sarcastic and she looked at her and said God judge you her tongue protruded for a while she went with her pride after many days she had to return back with her family to come and plead and Catherine Kuhlman I, th I think is it Catherine Kuhlman or no I think it's, it's um, Maria Woodward Eater she just slapped the tongue and then everything went back let us be careful please let us be careful young people as we explore the liberty that the times have provided let us not forget the foundational training that our parents gave us we are educated people but we are not idiots respect and honor will remain the system for growth are we blessed you must teach the people in your church this is very important the mandate believers have been given a twofold mandate and ministers especially the first mandate is to establish listen carefully to establish the lordship of Jesus Christ in the hearts of men this is the first mandate we have been given we call it soul winning we call it new birth I don't care what church I don't care what name I don't care anybody and any preacher minister of the gospel of Christ who is not actively involved in soul winning you cannot be passive about soul winning you cannot be passive about seeing to it that people come to the saving knowledge of the Christ please if you're writing write this it is a priority of the kingdom when Jesus comes he's not going to ask us how much we have in our bank accounts when Jesus comes he's not going to ask us how many degrees we have acquired when Jesus comes he's not going to ask us any of these things it is going to be according to that which we have done with respect to helping to save men from going to hell and from eternal damnation the first mandate given to every man of God regardless the ministry office and regardless the mode of operation is to establish the lordship of Jesus Christ in the hearts of men this is achieved through the dimension of the gospel we call the gospel of salvation John 3 16 please let's look at it quickly God is helping us tonight those who will be used in this end time will be those whose hearts are stayed on seeing to it that the purposes of God are established in the hearts of men for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son today he's not the only begotten he's the first of we the begotten that whosoever believeth in him my God should not perish as far as I'm concerned the key verse there is should not perish so there is a remedy there is a way of escape that people do not have to go to hell listen let me tell you I need to remind you 
that the damnation in hell is eternal i think we need to return this thing for people to know that is people can be in prison for 10 years mandela was in prison for decades but after that time he was released but when people are lost and they go to hell ladies and gentlemen they are there forever forever minus your age is still forever you know what it means to watch your relatives who are alive today and you watch them die we are more interested in the healing ministry than soul winning i believe in healing but the priority must come back we are more in intentional about the prophetic ministry i would prefer to prophesy and call your name than to save your soul because it is more lucrative and charismatic we need to balance it it is not a condemnation of the ministry it is reordering everything that every ministry gift must synergize itself to the end that souls be genuinely saved ask some of our young children some of them even the teenagers how do you lead a man to christ you will be surprised that there are many of them who don't know what to say they can just say let's pray they know how to pray for food they know how to pray for money they know how to pray for breakthrough There were times in the church when certain people would not sleep until a soul is saved. They would tell themselves, I will not see sleep until someone is saved. Soul winning is not for evangelists. Soul winning is not just for compassionate men of God. It is not just a, a religious agenda to gather members to church. No. That one day, when you step in the shores of glory, you will see your brother that you got born again. You will see your mother. You will see your idol worshiper grandmother who still has three more years to live. And you watch her all the time. You give her gifts. Thank you for the gifts. But she's on her way to hell without Jesus. Let me tell you this. Anybody who dies without Christ is damned forever. This is scripture. I stood at that white throne judgment. The sea gave up the dead. Hell gave up the dead. And whosoever's name was not written in the book of life, my brother and my sister, whether you are an apostle, a pastor, if your name, like Nathaniel Bathy sang, is not in that book, believe me, it does not matter your opinion. We live in a world where you can manipulate your opinion, not when you stand before the throne that is made of righteousness and justice. We must be passionate. How many people in a... There are members, there are leaders in many churches that are not born again. I say this respectfully. There are plenty of people who are not born again. There are workers in our homes who are not born again. There are people who take care of our children. They are not born again. There are many gospel artists who are not born again. It's not condemnation. It's a sincere communication. It's the heart of the spirit. There is no other name under heaven given unto men by which we must be saved. Please go back and preach to mama before she goes. Do you know, every time they tell me someone has passed on to glory, the first thing I want to know is did that person have an opportunity? 
and you know because of the privilege of God's grace and the healing and miracle ministry that he's given me every time people are sick or they have some kinds of challenges usually they will try to reach me and quite honestly I won't tell you I've had hundred over hundred results of healing and miracles in people's lives the moment I find out that people are at the point of death I've prayed for them for healing I've spoken over their life and it looks like it's not happening my next port of call is to make sure they are saved mama are you saved uncle sir are you saved ah my son I've not I've not this Jesus thing would you want to give Jesus a chance and sometimes they are born again and the next day you hear they've gone you don't cry for that kind of death you rejoice because suddenly heaven is waiting as they are transiting you are just seeing the body in pain let me tell you seconds before anybody dies he does not feel any pain again he's gone it's just your body i mean it is appointed unto man to die once and after that judgment if your playing keyboard does not win souls is a waste to god if your becoming prosperous does not win souls is a waste to god if your preaching and your rema and your revelation and your prophecy does not win souls we need to move past the ministry of just encouraging people to see that people are saved i believe in encouragement but people do not go to heaven by encouragement they must come to a point in their lives where they accept the lord jesus am i wasting your time romans chapter 10 we're praying now romans chapter 10 from verse 7 we may not be able to do the strategy maybe another time as god grants grace romans 10 let's start from verse 1 then we'll jump to verse 8 it says brethren my heart's desire and my prayer to god for nigeria for lagos for kaduna state for plateau state for Ogun State, for Imo State, for my Duguri, it's not just that they will be blessed, it's that they might be saved. My desire, that means when you vet my prayer, when I'm praying, the content is, oh God, let nobody in my church go to hell. Lord, thank you for the 10,000 crowds I have, but how many of them are going to heaven? Genuinely and sincerely. That if the trumpet sounds today, I'm both old school and new school, oh, it depends on what is there. I, listen, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. I hope that I don't offend you. But we have to be careful. Let us be careful the things we edit out. There are things that are pillars. Let God be true and all men a liar. Whoever is not born again at death will go to hell. Period. The world's religion have their ideas about afterlife and I respect it. Everybody is entitled to their opinions but we must be careful. Because no matter what you believe on that day, the moment you are dead, it is over. What you believe or do not believe does not count. There is a king, a savior and a judge that sits upon that throne. Unbiased cannot be bribed, cannot be manipulated. Please, I challenge you that as we return back home and as we return back to our churches let us be sincere 
there are churches and i say this respectfully please don't find offense if you're offended anywhere around the world let me apologize in advance i'm sorry let's return back to the good old altar calls hello good old what altar call where you call people to give their lives to christ don't say just because they had you they are born again that philosophy is inaccurate people must be able to come and verbalize their decision please give it to us romans 10 now from verse 8 but what saith it the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart that is the word of faith which we preach verse 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus uh -huh, and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved not saved by birth not saved by family connection not saved by in inheritance like human inheritance 11 of verse 10 it says for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation we're reading to 15 11 now it says for the scripture saith whoever believed on him shall not be ashamed 12 for there is no difference between the jew and the greek for the same lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him 13 for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord not whosoever shall wish there has to be a calling a sincere communication of your desire as a proof of humility 14 how then this is where it concerns us now how then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed question two and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard question three and how shall they hear without a preacher and how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things that you must make up your mind and say Lord Jesus souls will always come to you through my life I will use my beauty I will use my influence I will use my resources I will use my gift I will use my skill I will use my voice when men clap I will point them to Jesus and draw them to him we need a generation of genuine soul winners especially with the younger generation that are coming up soul winning is no longer it's not charismatic it doesn't seem nobody calls you a great man just for soul winning but when there are miracles mighty miracles people stand up from wheelchair and all of that ah apostle joshua selman such an anointed man thank you but if it does not lead to the salvation of souls something is wrong this is a message our fathers brought to us that our pride is pushing away and we're saying they are old school they don't know what they are saying brothers and sisters with all due respect please tonight i came to share my heart we are ministers let us search our hearts sincerely our passion for souls can you pray in one minute lord plant in me 
What did you put in Reinhard Bonke, oh God? What did you put in Billy Graham of blessed memory? What did you put in T.L. Osborne? What have you put in our fathers of faith? The mandate. We must evangelize. The world must come to know Jesus. Hallelujah. The second part of this mandate, give me one minute and we're done. First is to reveal Christ, to establish his lordship in the hearts of men. And the second is to enthrone him above every strata of human activities. So the first dimension of the gospel addresses the hearts of men. The second addresses systems and structures. We must enthrone Christ. We must strive to see the Christ revealed and enthroned above systems and structures. And the mechanism that we use to achieve this is called dominion. Dominion is not to make us brag that we are great people. Dominion is the spiritual system that is responsible for enthroning the Christ above systems and structures. Dominion. Dominion happens to the saints when the principles of the kingdom are taught. The teaching ministry. Write this for reference. Acts chapter 8 please. From verse 26 to 31. We may not be able to read it because of time but let's just look at 31 if, if that is possible acts 8 31 was speaking about the encounter of the utopian eunuch remember he was reading the prophecy and he could not have an understanding and he said how can i accept some man should guide me and he desired philip that he should come up and sit with him how can i understand how can i know my rights in christ how can i understand the principles of conquering the cosmos except i have someone who guides me except i have a teaching priest who i sit under week after week and he now begins to mentor me by opening me up to the principles of the kingdom listen very carefully on one hand we have a mandate to see that souls are saved but if and when they become saved, we do not leave them at the gate of the kingdom. We must mature them. It is for this reason, Ephesians chapter 4, that he gave unto some apostles. He gave unto some prophets. He gave unto some evangelists. He gave unto some teachers and pastors for the perfecting, maturing of the saints. That the saints now being matured will do the work of the ministry. Are we together? That together we come into the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. Not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and the slight of men wherein they lie to deceive. So it is important that we understand that the fivefold ministry was not just given for nothing. It was God's desire to see that the Christ is both revealed and enthroned. Please you write this down. 
revealed and enthroned. The revelation of the Christ and the enthronement of the same is a mandate that was given to us. Something about the excellence that proceeds from our life. Something about the excellence that proceeds from everything our job this is where your job comes your career your skill this is where they come into play that you coordinate all the resources given to you in christ to see that christ is revealed and his purposes enthroned if a christian a born again christian becomes the ceo of a company now that is dominion because that influence has given space for christ to be revealed and his purposes enthroned Imagine that a Christian makes a laptop that looks like an Apple product. The moment you put it on, there's a worship song and a scripture before it opens. It's your product. You have the patent. You can sing anything if you like. Put tongues there. So for that sake, God will give you the creativity like Bezalel to rise to that level of influence. We do not reject the influence of the kingdom. But we are arranging everything in order of priority. The souls first. When they are now saved, then we are concerned with the building and the mentoring of believers. The pastor's conference now is helping to give us that understanding. It is vain to try to teach and mature someone who is not even in the kingdom. To see that he is saved, genuinely saved. Then you begin to build him. You begin to teach him how to increase in the kingdom. You begin to teach him how to become a responsible leader. You teach him the value of productivity and excellence. You teach him how to live in the cosmos. The principles of the kingdom that will help him to excel beyond any bias. You teach him the principles of dominion. Five years under your mentorship, that one's feeble person has become a mighty man like the men of David. Listen to me. You are not a good pastor when you leave people the way they are after many years. Transformation transits people. The transition should show in their lives. And I don't just mean just in the quality of their life, economically speaking. Because that can happen even without your mentorship. But the spiritual quality, I should be able to see you when you got born again and knelt down here and I return to this church after five years and I see that you are the head of ushering but it's not just head of ushering for just giving you, you know what you are doing every student should become competent one day that even though learning continues you can strive to a point of mastery everybody say mastery we are going to pray it's time to mature the people who are under our care listen and i challenge every leader here we must sit down with the word of god and get knowledge please get knowledge we must get strategic knowledge not just any kind of random knowledge knowledge allocated for the empowering and the maturing of the saints i am a bad man of god if you sit down under my leadership and I do not teach and train and mentor you to be relevant both to society and the kingdom. We must through our mentorship raise agents of national transformation. The government must attest to the fact that we are not a nuisance. Through the quality of the mindset that a company notes that certain people from this church you don't need to do too much training for them because the mentorship system already saves us millions of naira they will gladly come and recruit people from that church because the pastor has gone through the the laborious process of inculcating the principles of the kingdom the mistakes that happen from family 
the mistakes that happened from background was meant to be corrected in this spiritual family called the local assembly so if I didn't have the opportunity to be raised by a responsible father, if I didn't have the opportunity to understand the value of a life of responsibility, to be serious, I come and sit under a shepherd who now is a spiritual father. And as he begins to teach me the ways of the kingdom, I am saved, but I'm also useful to God and men. Are we blessed? We have to stop here. Lay your hands on your head in one minute and begin to pray. And say, Lord, I will be relevant in the program of God. Please pray. I will be relevant in the name of Jesus. Lay your hands on your head and speak. I declare illumination, light. In the name of Jesus. I pray that I am that vessel. That vessel that will be useful in the hand of God. In the name of Jesus everything that i need to go through for my pruning for my training i subject myself to it by grace i subject myself to it by the spirit in the name of jesus now pray for the mandate in the name of jesus even as a businessman i am concerned with the salvation of souls the revelation of the christ the glorification of the same seeing to it that the name of the lord becomes an institution in the world of men hallelujah praise the lord i know that there are so many people in ministry probably watching from around the world let me encourage you when you hear teachings like this the first thing is be open-hearted the second thing is be malleable to tremble at the word of god the third is do not be ashamed to see the areas that need changes and adjustments we must get to a point as the body of christ where we are not ashamed to adjust and to grow it's like saying you are better today than you are yesterday there are things i believed yesterday i don't believe again there are things i didn't believe yesterday i now believe there are things i believed yesterday i still believe today there are things I didn't believe yesterday, I still don't believe it today. You must sustain the flexibility to change without being ashamed. Throw your ego aside. A minute, look, the, the church of the Lord Jesus is a family. And every time you find a point of correction and a point of growth, do not fight the word of God. Embrace the counsel of God and let it strengthen us. Some of you will go back to your fellowships and your groups and say, this is great, this is great, but we may need to begin to make adjustments here. Emphasis should be laid on soul winning. At the end of it, an altar call. Maybe a system of discipleship be built to make sure that those who are saved do not are not just allowed to go haywire. These improvements become a plus to the body of Christ. Some of you may have learned from what I said now. To focus on what you are doing and not to go around just castigate and tearing down people but to pray for people and become a contributor to their lifting some of you may need to go back and study revivals some of you may need to go back and say lord search my heart i've been so interested in ministry that i've forgotten about my personal life with you help me never be ashamed of growth never be ashamed of adjustment never be ashamed of improvement it is how men become great it is how we remain in this kingdom have you been blessed tonight father in the name of jesus i pray for your people it's an honor to have brought the word of god as a contribution alongside the millions of voices you have raised in the body of christ to help bring growth balance building 
and to equip us for this mighty move of God that is coming. I ask, oh God, tonight that we not only be hearers, but be doers of your word. The areas where we need to make adjustments, we obtain grace by the mercy of God. You have shown us mercy tonight by the truths that you have brought. In the name of Jesus, let that light remain in our lives. I pray, oh God, especially for the issue of souls and seeing that many come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. I pray that you plant that desire in our hearts. We pray in the name of Jesus that you empower all of the mission agencies afresh and grant them the zeal and the zest to continue this noble cause. And I pray, oh God, that our churches will become platforms that win souls, that many will continually come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. We bless you for this privilege. And I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, the grace that makes you effective in ministry at every level. May that grace come upon you in the name of Jesus. And I decree and declare that every force contending with the work of God committed to you, watching online following from any part of the world i join my faith with pastor shola and his wife in the name of jesus we release liberty to you in the name of jesus we call forth supernatural resources in ministry for those of you who are discouraged and are about giving up in ministry we bring you a word of hope in the name of jesus there is hope for a tree even if it be cut down at the scent of water by mercy we declare return to your call by mercy we declare return to the place of your anointing return to the place of your anointing let the music ministries rise let the apostolic ministries rise let the prophetic ministries rise let the evangelistic ministries rise in the name of jesus let the kingdom financiers rise let the ministry of intercession rise let the church workers the ordained workers may they rise in love and passion you will serve god you will serve the ministry committed to you and like Paul at the end of our lives will say we have served, we have given our best, we've poured ourselves like drink offerings and there will be laid for us a crown in the name of Jesus. The Lord bless you tonight. In Jesus name I pray. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining the church, is beyond the religion, it is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you.